0: If you could please turn to the book of John. To the fourth gospel. book of John. And I think you may have heard this one before. John chapter 3 verse 16 through 18. I've read it once or twice before. John 3 16 through 18. And if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word on this day. Which honors the day he was born. You know why I say that? Because so many people, well, I'll say goofy people, try to say it's not technically his birthday. Oh, listen. Yeah, Sunday's not technically the Sabbath, but it's the day that we use to honor the Sabbath. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of things we could say, but we're not going to. In John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, we say, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten. Son of God God bless and honor the reading of his word And you may be seated I tell you what, I'm so excited to come here And preach the word of God today I could not contain myself I could not contain myself I'm usually all excited on Christmas day already But I couldn't hardly contain myself And I probably won't be able to stay seated Seated? Seated today But I could hardly stay seated Uh, I won't be able to stay seated But I was very excited today Very excited because I want to preach. I want to speak. I want to spread the word of God. And I'm going to talk about the very first original Christmas, and what it really is. But more than that, you know, it's very sad. It's a sad truth that many, many, many people are sad on Christmas. They're sad and depressed on Christmas day. They're sad on Christmas. And when I was a kid, I didn't understand it because I was a little spoiled brat. And I don't mean my mom and dad spoiled me. What I mean to say is I was so filled in a home with love and and precious love, a wonderful daddy, a tremendous mama, and I still have that, praise the Lord, but a wonderful, wonderful home filled with the love of not just Christmas morning where I wake up and I see a stocking filled with toys and filled with candy. That's why I got so big, you know, Uh, not because of the candy, but because I couldn't say no or didn't say no, but the truth be told, I was filled with the home filled with the love of the Lord God, and I knew what Christmas was about, about the love, but not just love, The love of the Lord Jesus. And I didn't understand how people could be sad at Christmas because I didn't understand loss. I didn't understand what it was like to lose the ones you love yet. I didn't understand hardships, people who've gone through divorce, people who didn't have friends who reached out to them. But my father showed me quite a few things. He would show me people in our church at the time, widows. He would show me people who lost their children people whose family didn't love them enough to return phone calls. He showed me people who are poor and didn't have anything. He would show me families who we were collecting money for. He would show me people who we had to get food for. And I didn't understand all that. But I would see that there are sometimes there are people at this time of year who don't even have a home to live in. And I would understand suddenly that not everybody is blessed like we are. And I can understand why some people get depressed this time of year. They're going through mourning. They're going through hardship. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for mourning. There really is. Now, this doesn't mean that you want to live in sadness all the time, but there is a time for it. It doesn't make you a bad Christian to be sad. Some, I'll just say, uh, uneducated people think that it's wrong to have fear, that it's wrong to have tears, that it's wrong to be sad. That's not what the Bible says. There is a time for it. There is a time for that. As long as we don't let it take us. But there is a time for that, and some people, especially at Christmas time, and I know because a couple years ago I had it myself, I was so depressed at Christmas because I thought I had lost everything, but now I see that really God was rescuing me from a time where I was overtaken. In reality, God has rescued me, and there's a time of mourning when we see that sometimes we lose our loved ones, but in reality, especially when our loved ones are with the Lord Jesus Christ, they have the greatest Christmas of all time. They are with the Lord Savior, and though we mourn for ourselves, we don't need to mourn for them ever again. Because we can see though we have mourning, and it's okay to mourn because we miss them. Especially we've had great Christmases with our loved ones. It's okay to mourn, but we no longer need to be overtaken by that mourning because we can give ourselves up to Jesus Christ and know that he is with us even in those moments of mourning. So yes, there are times that people are going through hard times. They're going through difficulties, financial burdens. We need to be there for them, pray for them. What they think of things they don't have, and others do. Especially if they're looking with the wrong moment at that time. And look at it, other people's are having wealthy moments of Christmas, or having great times. But we look at the homes, the those who are homeless, those who are sick, and so much more. And it's hard. That's why we give at Christmas, not just Christmas, but we give to those who are uh, less fortunate than us. It is this way. For over two thousand years ago, it was also this way. There are many who are poor, many who are sick, many who are going through difficult times. In fact, even at that time there was many horrible things that were going on. There were many who were in a time of mourning. They were in a time of hardship. In fact, the title of today's Christmas uh, message is Christmas morning. No, 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 no. Not Christmas morning like what today is. M O R N I N G. No, Christmas morning M O U R, a time of mourning, of, of sorrow. It was that for them and many were in mourning, and they are now. The fact is, is Rome was in charge of Bethlehem, of Israel, and Herod was king of the Jews in Israel. And he was a horrible man. He was not king though, although he was called king of the Jews. He was a governor, kind of a, he was also half Jewish. He wasn't a, a, a true Jew. He was half Jewish, and so he didn't have the birthright to be king of the Jews. He was half Edomian. You might say, what is a half Edomian? Half Edomian, means he was a descendant of the edomites they did not have the 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 birthright in order to be king Uh, so what is an edomite well let me tell you who edom was edom was another name for for esau esau was the brother of jacob and uh what does edom mean well i'm wearing a shirt that could tell you edom means red you remember when when esau was born he was red he had red hair i always used to say maybe he did maybe didn't but he was very hairy he was very hairy had a lot of red hair he's thinking as like a red-haired monster because he was hot-tempered what to kill his brother and all that's why jacob got out of dodge then later on his name he had another name jacob did called israel and and jacob or excuse me uh esau had another name named edom red so you think about this those two brothers now we're not talking about them right now but the whole point is that herod was an illegitimate king of jerusalem and so he had no legitimate claim to the throne. His family, uh, he got his family line. He was given that title from who? Mark Anthony. And we talked about this before, but I'm going to move on because I don't have time to talk about all that right now. But we saw that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, that Jesus' birth happened this way. Mary was engaged to Joseph, and they were promised to one another, and they loved one another. And being engaged was a promise, a contract, so to, so to speak. It was called a ketubah. That means they were betrothed. It was a ketubah to one another. And it was like being married before they were married. They were promised to one another. They could not be intimate with one another. For a whole year, they could not truly be married. They didn't go through the, uh, the wedding necessarily, but it was like they were married to one another in their heart. And so Jacob would, excuse me, hello, Joseph would spend the entire year uh, uh, putting together the home, the house. He would spend the entire year uh, collecting the money and everything else to have everything prepared for his wife to be. But it says in Luke 1, 26 through 56, I'm not going to go through all that, don't worry. Mary was in Galilee of Nazareth and she was visited by the angel Gabriel who was sent by God. And we know, because I talked about this last week, we know that the angel Gabriel said, rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will, be ca- you, you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. That means he came from the descendant of David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said, how can this be? For I have not known a man, as we already said, she was not intimate yet with a man. And she was a virgin. But it was impossible. We talked about it last week, how the Holy Spirit came upon her and gave her Jesus only the Lord God could do this, and we talked about why last week. It was this way, so that there be no sin entered into her. No sin, not saying that she hadn't sinned, but how, that Jesus would have no sin in him. So that he would have the ability to die on the cross, so that he could enter in and take away our sin. That's We're talking about for eternity. Okay, We'll talk about that in a moment. The angel Gabriel said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. People say, This is not possible. You're right. You're right, it's not possible, it's impossible for man. It's impossible for us, it's impossible. Our little pea brains can't comprehend because our little pea brains cannot understand what God can't do, because he can do anything. He's God, we cannot understand what God can do because God can do anything which is his will. Amen. So, Gabriel told Mary, That elizabeth was also expecting because there's another impossible thing we know that mary was expecting i'm excuse mary's cousin elizabeth she was expecting she was six months along she was too old folks can you imagine a woman Now, women i'm sorry if i get personal here she had already gone through um, a a time where she had gone away from being able to have uh, a baby can you imagine going through the change of life and then all of a sudden you're having a baby like what i've already gone through all that i i can't go through that again what now she's having a baby now she's having the cousin of jesus we're talking about john the baptist because he too was a holy child that god had called who was going to be the one that jesus would be baptized by because he was the one he was the forebearer, the forebearer of jesus does this mean that he was the holy one that he was the messiah no he was a forebearer to the messiah that was going to go out and speak about the messiah so that people would be ready when the messiah would come many people thought he was the messiah he said i'm not him i'm not him but he's coming and one day while he's speaking about the messiah coming here comes the messiah and the messiah was going to be baptized and there he was and oh he says i'm not worthy you should baptizing me He says, no, no 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 you need to do this you need to do this and he did and i'm getting ready ahead of myself but that's okay that's okay so in matthew 19 through 25 it says that Joseph as Matthew 1 19 through 25 Joseph was going to divorce her because when he found out that Mary was going to have a baby He said this is not mine. Well, he knew he knew it wasn't his he knew they had not been together They had not been intimate. Can you imagine the heartbreak poor Joseph must have been through by the way? Dr. David Jeremiah one of my all-time favorites just put together a wonderful play that you can watch a wonderful uh, Dramatic telling of this story and you can see what had happened. It's beautiful. We're gonna watch it. I, I ordered it already uh, and we're going to watch it next year. Not this year, but beautiful. To see how Joseph must have felt. To think how he must have felt. To hear that his fiance, good as his wife already, that she must have been with another man. Heartbreaking. And, and you know there are people around. I don't know how his mom and dad felt. But to know them, they're seeing that she's expecting. She went away for a while to be with her cousin. She comes back and she's expecting. You know people aren't going, oh, that must be the Lord's son. You know they weren't doing that. They weren't going, oh, I bet the Holy Spirit went to her. No. They were probably saying, oh, she'd been with the man. You know how people are. You know, okay, okay, they may not have had the open show, but you know that people talk. And they went to talking and saying things, and Joseph, being heartbroken, he says, I'm going to divorce her in private. So they, nothing bad would happen to her. Because you know they probably would have stoned her to death. That's well, why I know they would have. That was the law. But here's what Joseph. what happened to Joseph. That night, after thinking this, heartbroken and all, that angel came unto him and said, it's okay to marry her. That is not her son alone. And it's not a man's son. That is the son of the Holy Spirit who come upon her and gave that boy unto her. And his name will be Jesus. And he says, she will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will say, listen to this now. This is uh, this is uh, Matthew, Matthew 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you will are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It says, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, this means God with us, as prophesied in Isaiah seven fourteen, and he knew the word, he knew the word, he knew it very well. And Joseph woke up and he married her. And it says in Luke chapter two, one through seven that Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. They had to pay their their taxes. And Mary, by the time they got there, he had to because that's where his family came from, from Bethlehem. Because remember, he came from the line of David. And by the way, so did she. She was on the other side. But it was the men who had to do the tax paying. So he came from the other line of David. They both came. We talked about this. You find it Matthew and Luke. But she was ready to give birth to Jesus by the time they got there. And there was no room in the inns, no lodging places, no room in the lodging places. So the innkeeper, he lent them his stable, his barn. And Jesus was born in that barn, you could say. And they wrapped him a swaddling clothes in the manger. That was a feeding trough, just like what we have back here. And when that happened, there were shepherds who were watching their flock by night. And the angel appeared unto them, and they were so afraid. And why wouldn't they be? Can you imagine watching your sheep by night, those stinky, smelly, stupid sheep? And they were sitting there watching those sheep by night. And I love sheep, I really do, but they are dumb. I've been around a lot of sheep. And they are smelly so whenever Jesus says you're like his sheep that is sweet and also insulting to a point. But you have to remember something. They are sweet and they're out there bah. and whenever they're out there bad, uh the shepherds were out there and all of a sudden those shepherds looked up and there was an angel. And of course they're going to be afraid. Of course. Of course. The angel says fear not. Fear not behold I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people. This was not just to the Jewish. It was to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Can you imagine how that How that news must have hit them. And about that time, many of angels, all sorts of angels started appearing around them. And they were rejoicing, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And the shepherds went down at that very time. and They saw the baby and they went and they spread the good news of Jesus to the others and they rejoiced. And it says in Luke 2, 21 through 40, that eight days later, Jesus was purified. That means circumcised. He was circumcised. Because that was the law of Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. He was circumcised. And Joseph and Mary offered a sacrifice. That means two turtle doves. That's what it means, two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. And... The prophecy and the praises were then given by Simeon, a righteous man who had been waiting to die, but God had given him a promise that he was not gonna die until he got to see the Messiah. In other words, Christ, in other words, Jesus himself. Can you imagine that he was a good, righteous man and God said, you're not dying until you see the Messiah and he had hung on to that promise. Can you imagine too? There he saw eight days after the birth, he got to see Jesus himself, the Messiah. In his arms, he got to see that child just praising the Lord. And there was another person, a wonderful woman, a prophetess, a widow, spent most of her time at that temple praising the Lord. And she saw that baby and was talking and praising the Lord. So thrilled, so, so thrilled. Now, some time had gone by. Some time had gone by, and we see in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 8, wise men, known as magi. That Greek word means astrologers. They came from the east. They followed that star and they went first and visited Herod, that evil wicked man, that, that quote unquote king. We know he was really just a governor. But they went to him looking to where Bethlehem was, and that star took him there after he told him where he'd be, because he lied and said, No, I'm gonna go there afterwards, and I'm gonna I'm going to worship him. I want to worship that child too. Now we know, we know that's not what he did. He wanted to kill all the children two and under afterwards. He did, because he wanted to kill the king. He thought that that's what he was going to get done. But we see that the kings as they call them, the three kings, actually didn't mean kings literally. It meant the wealthy. They brought three gifts. Now we don't know that there are actually three. We talked about that. We don't know that there are three kings, three wise men. We just know that there are three gifts. That's why they say that. And they brought gold, which, which stood for the royal kingship of Jesus. Frankincense, which means the symbol of deity, divinity, and myrrh, which was the uh, embalming oil that was a symbol of death. That's why they brought those gifts. They were told from the king's men, that means uh, the scribes, the chief priests, the uh, people uh, that followed him, also known as Pharisees, they were told that he would be in Bethlehem, and so they went. Now they found that in the Word, which is Micah chapter 5, verse 2. I said this just a couple weeks ago. It says in Matthew... Chapter 9 verse 1, it said, follow the star to the Christ child, a house, a house, it didn't say the stable, a house where he was, and they bowed to him and gave him gifts. It says in Matthew 2 verse 12, the wise men were warned in a dream, and they found another way home, and they stayed clear of Herod. So we know that Herod did not find Jesus, or he would have killed him, we know that. It then says in Matthew 2, 13-15 that Joseph was warned in a dream to flee to Egypt. And I've said this many, many times. I find it so interesting that Joseph was told to go to the very place that his people, the Israelites, were held as slaves, that they escaped from Egypt in order to go to Israel to be set free. And he went there so he'd be set free and his child, Jesus, would be set free. Isn't that amazing? It is believed that they may have used the gifts to be given to sell and pay their way to flee. We don't know that for certain, but it's possible. And it says in Matthew 2, 16 through 18, that Herod searched for Jesus and killed all the boys under two because this was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, verse 15. It was prophesied in that, Jeremiah 31, verse 15. Now, Herod was extremely paranoid by this time, and he was. He was paranoid because... He'd even killed some of his family. He thought that they were wanting to be king. He was so paranoid. But after Herod's death, the angel returned in a dream and gave Joseph the okay to return. But as they came to return, they found that Herod's son, Achilleus, was ruling. He was known to be even more dangerous than Herod, his father. Can you imagine that? How could that be? Even more dangerous than his father. So Joseph decided not to move back there. Joseph had another dream, another dream. He had many, many dreams. Joseph had another dream and went to Galilee to live in Nazareth. You know, I never thought of it before until just now. Joseph was named after Joseph from the coat of many colors. And he was known as a man of dreams, Joseph from the coat of many colors. So you think about that. Joseph and Joseph, men of dreams, men of dreams. So they went to live in Nazareth, just as it was prophesied that Jesus would be of Nazareth, of Nazarene. Now you think about that. This was to fulfill that prophecy. He will be called Jesus of Nazareth, as it was said in Isaiah 11, verse 1. It said all this. But through all of this, what we can see for those who mourn, for those who mourn and hurt at Christmas, on Christmas morning, this is nothing new. There was a lot of mourning at that time. Even at that time, we saw the mothers. Now it may not have been literally the Christmas morning. There was a lot of mothers who mourned as their children were killed because of Jesus being born. Mothers who mourned. And I think about how awful it is for a mother to lose her child, no matter what the age. Because a child is still your child, no matter how old they are. I think about a wife losing her husband and how awful that is and Mary did lose Joseph we don't know how old he was but we know we don't hear about him again once after Jesus is uh, 12 years old I think about how awful it must be we see Mary was there at the cross and then she left because John the Baptist took her away but she mourned horribly bad for her son how wonderful it must have been that Jesus rose and she got to see him and Mary with Jesus now. This Christmas day, Mary is with her child. Mamas, your children who are with the Lord now, you will be with them again. Amen. Amen. Wives, you who lost your husbands, those who are Christians, they're with Jesus now. You will be with them again. Those who have lost your loved ones, whether it be your husbands, your mamas, your daddies, Whatever they might have been, whatever relation, you will be with them again. Those who ask Jesus, they live. They live. Hallelujah, they live. They're having the greatest Christmas. No matter how many years they've been there, they're having a wonderful time. No matter what the day, there is no sorrow in heaven. And there is no more mourning for them. The mourning is for us. But that mourning is only for a short time. Because you will be with them again. Mourning is still going to come for us. There will be times that we mourn for our physical pain. There will be mornings, whether it be on Christmas, Easter, whatever time it comes, we will mourn. But it's only for a time. It's only for a time. But we can mourn and know that Christ is with us even in our times of mourning. Whether it be Christmas morning, whether it be tomorrow morning, or the day after, or the day after that. I sometimes mourn when I wake up and my knees pop out of place. Or when I wake up and think that I'm going to be on the floor, because it happens. Or my my knuckles hurt so bad sometimes I, I start to mourn, but then I think, no, because Christ is with me and he lifts me up and he gives me joy because my joy is not how I feel. My joy is not how I think. My joy is not any of these things. My joy is to know that Christ, the very Christ that came on Christmas morning, is the one who takes away my mourning, knowing that the joy is within me. Remember, Jesus others you. Joy is in Christ no matter what time of day. He's with me all the day, every day. Joy is in Jesus. And Jesus, if you have asked him to be your Lord and Savior, he is in you. But if you have not, if you have not taken that moment, you have every reason to mourn. You have every reason to mourn. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. You have every reason to mourn. You don't have to mourn anymore. If you ask Jesus to be your precious Lord and Savior. You don't have to be alone. If you have Jesus. You don't have to feel unloved. If you have Jesus. You don't have to be afraid. If you have Jesus. You don't have to feel. Poor of riches if you have Jesus. You don't have to feel that you have no gift to receive if you have Jesus. The greatest gift is here and it's Jesus Christ. If you've ever asked Jesus in your heart, I'm talking about your spiritual heart now, to be your precious Lord. You know that moment. If you've ever pondered upon it and thought about it, but you don't quite know how to. Maybe you think it's only about believing that he's real. That's not it. It's not just about believing he exists. It's not it at all. I know many people who go to hell thinking they're going to heaven. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. How many people wake up on Christmas morning and they see gifts under a tree, but if it's never unwrapped, they don't receive that gift. It's not theirs. How many people believe that they have received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, but don't because they have not received it. They've never taken it in. What if you received the gift from someone, but you never opened it, never used it? You know, not that long ago, I bought a present for someone, and for an entire year, they didn't use it because they didn't know what it was or how to use it, and they didn't know what it was or anything. And I'm not, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I, it's, it's okay, it didn't, they didn't know what it was. Honestly, I'll tell you what it was. I bought something from my mama and she didn't know that what it was was how to take old fruit and make it into a frozen goodie. She didn't know what it was, she, did, she honestly didn't. But here's the thing, that's not a big deal. I don't care about that. But here's what I do care about. How many people think that going to church, think that reading your Bible, think that watching the preacher on TV is enough to get you to heaven? Because they don't know. That just believing that Jesus Christ is real or watching a preacher is going to get them to heaven. And it's not. It's not. It's not. Because they're not using the gift that God has given for all. But not all are going to heaven. If you have not prayed unto the Lord Jesus and asked him to wash away your sins, you're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven, but I believe he's real. Guess what? I believe Satan's real, but I'm not going to hell. I would have been, except that one day I realized I was going to hell. I said, Lord Jesus, save me. But pastor, you was just a seven-year-old little boy. Surely you didn't deserve, all deserve to go to hell. Yes, you deserve to go to hell. Pastor, that's mean. It's honest. It's true. Oh, it's very true. We all deserve to go to hell. I'm going to read you a scripture in a moment about that, which I say all the time. It's very true. And it's honest. And it's just. It's just. A father's heart will try to lead people. The fact is, a gift isn't earned. We need to remember this. A gift isn't earned. It is given in love. And then we are to receive it. I preached a sermon at Father's Day about Father God. And I said that a father's heart always loves deeply. And it's true, I said I said that. A father's love uh, and father's heart always loves deeply. And Father God loves us deeply. He loves us so deeply that he came as his son, loving us deeply, though we don't deserve it. And I read to you Psalm 103, verse 13. And it says in Psalm 103, verse 13, like a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord gives compassion to those who fear him. And what does that mean? Who are afraid of him? Well, what it means is those who show respect, those who honor, those who follow. We're to follow God today. I also said that a father's heart guides and leads by example first. That's why he came. But folks, he came, he came. He came and he laid in a manger. And although he laid in this manger as a little child and he did and now all of this looks so real. I love it. But though he laid in this manger, though he laid in this manger, he didn't stay in that manger. That manger was empty. He did not stay in it. The manger was eventually empty. And then he lived. For thirty-three years he lived. He went around, causing miracles to happen. Only God could do those things. We'd rather be turning water into wine, walking on water, healing the sick. Showing that he would heal us for eternity. He went around doing what only God could do. It was not magic. It was not to bring people to give money. It wasn't anything like that. It was simply to show you what God can do, anything to his will. God did these things. A father wants to lead by example, and he did. This is what it says in John chapter 10, verse 30. John 10:30, My Father and I are one. Jesus and God are one. That's why even now, Jesus is not here on the earth. After he lived, doing all those things, he died on that cross. He didn't stay on the cross either. He was placed in a grave. He didn't go to hell, he went to the grave. It's called Hades. But he didn't go to the death part of hell, meaning hell. I'm gonna say death part of Hades meaning hell, he didn't. He went to paradise side and he made all those who had died and followed God, read Hebrews chapter 11. He went and he made David and all those people, freed them from that side of paradise so that they could go to heaven Read Matthew, the book of Matthew, at, when it talks about Jesus dying. It said that there were those who rose up and walked in the land. Can you imagine what that must have been like? To see your uncle, your great, 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 great uncle walking around. Oh, boy, that would have been something. How amazing. That's only in Matthew, by the way, if you see that. But wow, how marvelous that must have been. And then they went up into heaven. That's how they got to heaven, Jesus set them free. He set free those who believed and followed him through faith. That's what he does for us. We're going to heaven, not because we deserve it, but those who call out through faith, save me, Lord Jesus, save me. And you can receive that gift even this day if you have not called out by faith, through his grace, hallelujah. It says in 1 John 4, four, you, are of God, little children. He's talking to you who've called out through faith. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is of the world. And I'm saying this to you because I know we live in this world and the devil, and this, by the way, he's talking about the Antichrist, but the devil and the Antichrist and those who are of Satan make us feel like we don't deserve to go to heaven, and you don't. You don't. Pastor, you're making me feel bad. Oh, I'm sorry. The truth makes us do that sometimes, but I'm here to tell you we don't deserve but remember no matter what the devil and those of the devil try to tell us greater is he when you ask Jesus in your heart Greater is he than all those others. So don't listen to them. So I just read you first John 4 4 like I often say Greater is he who is in you than he who is of the world. But remember what it says in 1 John 4 14 Oh, 1 John 4 14 because it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful 1 John 4.14, and we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Oh, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. 1 John 4.14, I feel like I'm about to dance because I just feel the power of God, the love of God for all those that need Him. Listen now. First John 4.14, and we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If you have not called out to him today, call now, because you can be saved today. Receive the great gift of God because you need him. Pastor, I did that years ago. But I still don't feel a change that maybe you didn't understand it when you did it, or maybe you did, but you have been following him, you haven't been living by him. That can change today too. It can change by the way that we testify, by the way that we live, by putting him number one first in our lives. I promise you, I understand because I've done it too. I promise it can change this very day. There is a time for mourning, as I said earlier from Ecclesiastes chapter three, but we don't need to mourn anymore. Not today. No more mourning today. Don't be overtaken by that mourning anymore because on this Christmas morning, we're going to praise and have joy in our lives. Hallelujah. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may be abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can have joy and hope through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the last two verses I'm going to close with with today. As we're about to close on Christmas morning, on Christmas day. Two verses that I probably say, I won't say more than any other, but very much so. I say these a lot. Because they're very true. And they go together, hand in hand. And they're from the same book. Two different chapters that go so well. Now listen to this. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But. But. The gift of God. Is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. We all deserve the wages of death. Because of our sin. But Jesus wants to give us that great gift of eternal life through Jesus. If today you have any questions, any questions at all, do not hesitate to call. My number, and I mean my personal number, is the number we use for this church. I've said it many, many times. 816-591-9303. I've had people tell me I shouldn't give that out. I don't care. Call me. Yeah, sometimes I fall asleep. You know what? I'll call you back. It's okay. I'd rather you take the chance to call me Let me call you later. So that if you have any questions about everlasting eternal life that will never go away, the great gift of God, we'll sit and talk about it. So that you can ask Jesus and find out Whether you're saved or not, only you and God know for sure. But don't take a chance. Let this be the day that you know. Let it be the greatest day of your life. Christmas Day is more than opening up presents under a tree. Let it be for certain that you know, that you know, that you know, that in your eternal life, you will have everlasting life, the gift of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us close in prayer. Dear, precious Heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, the greatest gift I've ever received, I pray that every single one of the people here today are my brother and sister in Christ, and all those watching are my brother and sister in Christ. I pray if there be anyone who has any questions, not quite for certain, that this be the day that they know for sure that they are saved by you. Lord God, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming, living, dying, rising again, And offering yourself up as the greatest present, the greatest gift that we could ever receive. I pray all of this in your holy, precious name, my Lord Jesus. Amen.